0: Today, on Grace to the Hearers, with Pastor Eric Kluth.
1: You're going to fire that person because they're what? Starts with an L. Lazy. They're lazy. There are opportunities, you guys, to get involved with the Lord, but we slide into this thinking, it will come to us or somebody else will do it. Be active, do not sit. I understand there's a time for rest. Yes, there is a time for rest.
0: Do we sit waiting for God's promises to come to us? Or are we actively seeking after Him? Pastor Eric shares in his message about how Jonathan took actions to fight the Philistines while his father Saul sat waiting. Much like Jonathan's example, our recipe for success comes from stepping out in boldness. Well, let's join Pastor Eric for part one of his message in 1 Samuel 14. I titled the message The Recipe
1: for Accomplishment. Now, who here likes to cook? I do. How many use recipes? I don't. (laughs) It doesn't usually work out for me. I don't know if it's because I can't read, but I don't know. (laughs) But, anyways, we're going to look at a recipe for accomplishment. Many of us like to accomplish things, don't you? I like to set a goal and accomplish it and to see if it will, you know, get done. And a lot of times we start so many projects and we don't get anything done. But maybe that's just me. But the the point is, is that we like to accomplish things. And tonight in God's Word, we see the recipe for accomplishment. So uh, before we get into the reading, let's catch up. We saw that the children of Israel uh, formed an army. King Saul... Uh, formed his first formal army. And it was about 3,000 people. And we were also introduced to Saul's son, Jonathan. And we saw last week also that Jonathan took a 1,000 of these 3,000 and he attacked the Philistines. Now, the Philistines were the the major enemy of Israel at this time. And when they were attacked, when the Philistines were attacked, um, they didn't really respond too well to that. And in fact, they gathered chariots, horsemen, and it says in the word that the men were like the sand of a seashore, and they came against Israel. Now when Israel saw this, that this, the Philistines responded this way, uh, that they were going to go to battle, they weren't just going to be okay with them getting attacked, the Israelites split. They went into the holes, they went into caves, they went into ditches, they took off and they hid And King Saul was left with only 600 men from 3,000. And so King Saul decided, you know what? Hey, we didn't go about this right. We need to make an offering to the Lord. And so he brings the offering and he sets everything up. And he was waiting for who? Do you guys remember to come? Samuel. And Samuel didn't show up when Saul wanted to. And so Saul said, I'm going to go ahead and do this. We're going we're to offer this up to the Lord. But that was a no-no. And Samuel came as soon as the offering was done. And he, he's like, what did you do, Saul? And Saul's like, I, I, had, I couldn't wait. You know, we had, I felt compelled to do this. He was moved by feelings versus just being obedient to God. And so then Samuel gives the response back saying, Okay, Saul, this is the consequence for you disobeying the Lord. Your kingdom will end. Your your rule will end. It will not carry on. Harsh words to hear, right? Tough words to hear. So then we see that there was no weapons in the land of Israel because the Philistines had taken all the blacksmiths out of the, the, the nation And so all they had was just farm equipment. And so here you have a standoff between the children of Israel and the Philistines. And the Philistines were armed, dangerous, plenty of people. And Israel was standing at 600 people. Interesting, right? So that's where we're at, chapter 14. So let's read chapter 14, verses 1 through 23, and then we'll dive into tonight's message. So it says this uh, now it happened one day that Jonathan, the son of Saul, said to the young man who bore his armor, Come, let us go over to the Philistines' garrison that is on the other side. But he did not tell his father. After Saul was sitting in the outskirts of Gibeah under a pomegranate tree, which is in Migron, the people were with him were about six hundred men. Ahijah and the son the son of Issachar, Ichabod's brother, the son of Phinehas, the son of Eli, the Lord's priest in Shiloh, was wearing an ephod. But the people did not know that Jonathan had gone. Verse 4. Between the passes by which Jonathan sought to go over to the Philistine garrisons, there was a sharp rock on one side and a sharp rock on the other side. And the name of the one was uh, Bazes and the name of the other, Senna, the front of the f- one face northward opposite of Michmash, and the other southward opposite of Gibeah. Verse 6, then Jonathan said to the young man who bore his armor, come, let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. So his armor-bearer said to him, "Do all that is in your heart. Go then, here I am with you according to your heart." Then Jonathan said, "Very well, let us cross over to these men, and we will show ourselves to them. If they say thus to us, "Wait until we come to you," then we will stand still in our place and not go up to them. But if they say, Thus, come up to us, then we will go up, for the Lord has delivered them into our hand, and this will be a sign to us. Verse 11, so both of them them showed themselves to the garrison of the Philistines. And the Philistines said, look, the Hebrews come out of the holes where they have hidden. Then the men of the garrison called to Jonathan, his armor bearer, and said, come up to us, and we will show you something. Jonathan said to his armor bearer, come up after me, for the Lord has delivered them into the hand of Israel. And Jonathan climbed up on his hands and knees with his armor bearer after him, and they fell before Jonathan. and, 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 And as he came after him, his armor bearer killed them. Verse 14, the first slaughter which Jonathan and his armor bearer made was about 20 men within a half an acre of land. And there were trembling in the camp, in the field, and among all the people. The garrison and the raiders also trembled, and the earth quaked, so that it was very great trembling. Now the watchmen of Saul and Gibeah of Benjamin looked, and there was the multitude melting away, and they went here and there. Verse 17, Then Saul said to the people who were with him, Now call the roll and see who has gone from from us. And when they had called the roll, surprisingly, Jonathan and his armor bearer were not there. And Saul said to Ahijah, Bring the Ark of God here. For at that time, the Ark of God was with the children of Israel. Verse 19. Now it happened, while Saul talked to the priests, that the noise which was in the camp of the Philistines continued to increase. So Saul said to the priest, Withdraw your hand. Then Saul and all the people who were with him assembled, and they went to battle. And indeed, every man's sword was against his neighbor, and there was a great confusion. Moreover, the Hebrews who were with the Philistines before that time, who went up with them into the camp from the surrounding country, they also joined the Israelites who were with Saul and Jonathan. Verse 22, Likewise, all the men of Israel who had hidden in the mountains of Ephraim, when they heard that the Philistines fled, they also followed hard after them in battle. Finally, verse 23, So the Lord saved Israel that day, and the battle shifted to Beth-Avon. Father God, Lord, we just thank you for your word tonight. And I pray right now, Lord, as we dive into your word deeper, Lord, into this story that is amazing, that our hearts would be open to you, that we would hear from you tonight, God. Prepare us for your word. I thank you, Lord, for putting this for us to read tonight, Lord. We just worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. What an amazing story, isn't it? I mean, to see this, this boldness of a young man named Jonathan to go and attack the Philistines. Remember the Philistines were numbered as many as the sand of a seashore. But it's amazing. And so here we see the attack. Now Jonathan and the Israelites and King Saul, they were kicking back, relaxing outside in their camp, right? But that didn't settle well with Jonathan. In fact, Jonathan, did you guys catch it? He went to his armor bearer, one who was carrying his armor, and he said, hey, let's go up from here and let's go to them. Let's go to them. Now that takes boldness, right? The two of them go to the Philistines and was going to check what was going on over there. And he didn't tell his father. He snuck out. Now how many of you have ever snucked out? I never did. This guy does. No, I'm just kidding. No, come on. Jonathan didn't tell his dad because what would Saul had said? What do you think he would have said? No way. You're not going over there because Saul is not a bold guy, okay? And we've learned this kind of starting to learn this in the past chapters. And so... Jonathan didn't tell his dad. He snuck out. Meanwhile, back at the camp, Saul was underneath a pomegranate tree, sitting underneath that tree, okay? And then he had his priest who was hanging out with him, and the 600 people that were still with him called their army. But then Jonathan and his armor bearer come, and there's two giant rocks, you know, and they have names. Rocks have names, I guess. But for a, a military-minded guy, these rocks would play into part because they knew that he knew in his, in his mind that if he could draw them into this, uh, between these two rocks, then he would have an easier chance to battle against them because it surrounded. Him. He kind of made this area where it was like secluded. And so then Jonathan then makes a bold request, didn't he, from his armor bearer? A bold request. He says this. He goes, come, let us go over to the uncircumcised, for the Lord will work for us. He will work for us because there is nothing that restrains God. There is nothing that restrains God from saving many or few. There's nothing that would restrain the Lord. And the thing is is amazing to me is that his young armor bearer agreed to this. He says in verse 7, do all that is in your heart. If you were leading a new journey and you had some help with you, somebody coming alongside of you, what what is the main thing that you want from those who are following you? Support. And support is what Jonathan got. He got support from his armor bearer you know what, this sounds crazy. There's only two of us and there are so many Philistines and they are, they are equipped to wipe us out. But you know what, if it is in your heart, Jonathan, I'm going with you. I'm going with you. And so sure enough, you know, Jonathan comes up with this plan. He says, you know what, if we go to them, we present ourselves to them and they say, wait there, we're coming to you. Uh, armor bearer, we're going to wait for them. Okay. But if they say, come to us, what are we going to do? we're going to go to them. All right, sounds like a plan. I bet they were pumping up, you know, banging each other's chests, you know, you know, and just like, yeah, way to go. We're ready to battle these guys. (laughs) And so we see that the Philistines see them, and they say in verse 11, look, the Hebrews are coming out of their holes. How how interesting. The the Israelites are coming out of their holes. Hey, we're going to come up to you guys. Okay, man, it's on now, because remember if I said, if they come up to us, the Lord is with us, and he will deliver us. And so when Jonathan heard the words that, we are coming up to you, how do you think he was feeling at that moment? Like, it's on like Donkey Kong, and God's going to win. He's going to whip these guys. I mean, that's what I would have been like. Hopefully I would have been like that. Because this is intense. Man, Jonathan gives the plans. The Philistines are on their way. And it says that Jonathan climbed on his hands and knees onto the rocks. And then they came before the Philistines. And then the battle takes place. And then Jonathan and the young armor bearer defeat about 20 men in a half an acre. That's not a lot of room, okay? A half an acre. And then we see that the Lord then comes in and does the rest. He comes in and he sends mass confusion amongst the Philistines. Now by the way, this is not the first time that God has sent confusion into the enemy of Israel. If you have some time this coming week, check out 2 Kings 6:18 and you'll see confusion that God brings. So God not only strikes the Philistines with confusion, but then he sends the earth to quake. And so at this point the Philistines have become afraid. They've become fearful. And then we see that every neighbor was against itself, and they were fighting each other because there's so much confusion going on. Meanwhile, Saul looks out and from his little tree and he sees what's going on over there. The people, the Philistines, are melting away. They're melting away. What is going on? I need the ark of God right now. Please, somebody. Then his priest comes in and he says, you know, put your hand on this thing and see what we should do. Well, (laughs) you see that the Philistines are running. Why not just go attack? But he was trying to be spiritual in a sense and figure it out. And then he tells the priest, after he sees this thing continue to roll right before his eyes, take your hand off the ark and let's go. (laughs) And so they go and they fight. They fight. And then we see in verse 23, uh, the Lord saved Israel that day. The Lord saved them. And we see the Israelites, even within the Philistines, I have been with them. The Israelites were in the mountains. They all came out and they fought. And the Lord gave a great battle. What an, again, what an exciting passage of Scripture. Within this passage, you guys, I see the recipe for accomplishment. And like I I mentioned earlier before in the start of this, I love to cook, but I hate to follow recipes. I'm more of a messy cook, you know? This looks good. I don't know what that would taste like, but let's throw that in there. And by the grace of God, it tastes good, you know? My family doesn't complain. Maybe because it's all the food that we have. I don't know. But if you only, picture this, if you're a recipe follower and you only use one ingredient, how's your recipe going to come out? One, here's your recipe card. You know, I don't know, spaghetti, meatballs. But you can only use one thing. How's that going to turn out? It's going to be nasty. It's going to be, I don't even think you can complete it. And so the recipe idea applies to our life with the Lord. We often see opportunities that lie across from us all the time. We, everybody has opportunities in this life, okay? And opportunities can also mean challenges and battles, trials and all this. Uh, opportunities are always around a man or a woman. And many times we sit on one side of the opportunities— And we often say, or I often say, I want to be used by God. I want to be used by God. I want Him to use me in a huge way. You know? Uh, And then I often, I've asked my question, uh, the question to the Lord is, why aren't you using me right now? You know? I want to be used, you know? But why aren't you using me? You know? In this passage, God reveals the recipe for accomplishment for those opportunities. Those opportunities that you see the opportunity in front of you, and you see, you know, it could go this way or that way, but you're not really sure because you're just sitting there. But God has given us the recipe to accomplish these opportunities. So let's look at this recipe. Once you have this recipe, you know, uh, you can feel free to pass it on to your friends, your loved ones, and all that. Because that's what people do with recipe cards, right? I don't even know if there's such a thing as recipe cards anymore. Or cookbooks. It's all on the internet. But, <laughs> as Julia Child would say, first, we're going to look at the recipe card, Right? That's my Julia Child impression. So the first thing we need to do to see how to do a great accomplishment is see this. Be active. Be active. Do not sit. Because Jonathan did not sit around. Did he? No, he did not. He saw the Philistines out there. He knew that he had to go out. And his desire was like, we need to fight these guys. But the opposite side was what? His dad... The king, and he was just sitting there, just sitting there underneath the pomegranate tree, waiting for the opportunity to come to him. But he just sat. Not Jonathan. He did not sit around. He got up and he went to the Philistines. Again, it takes boldness to just get up and be active. And many times we can fall into the same thinking as Saul and say, I'm just going to sit Now, nothing gets accomplished by sitting, does it? If you're an employer and you have an employee and all he does or all she does is sit, is there anything going to get done? No. And more likely, you're going to fire that person because they're what? Starts with an L. Lazy. They're lazy. There are opportunities, you guys, to get involved with the Lord But we slide into this thinking, it will come to us or somebody else will do it. Be active. Do not sit. I understand there's a time for rest. Yes, there is a time for rest. But too much rest leads to laziness. Leads to laziness. And the Bible speaks against laziness. In fact, this is what Proverbs 19.15 says, Laziness cast out into a deep sleep, and an idle person will suffer hunger. An idle person will suffer hunger. Ecclesiastes 10.18 says this, Because of laziness, the building decays, and through idleness of hands, the house leaks. Nothing gets accomplished. If you think that your house is going to get painted, it's not gonna if you just sit there. If you look at your house and you want it to get cleaned and you're just sitting there on the couch, is it going to get clean? No. The same thing applies to our life. If we want things to get accomplished, we have to get up and do them. You can take that physically and you can take that spiritually as well. And so this getting up, being active, I would say is a key ingredient to seeing accomplishment. To seeing accomplishment. Because without being active, you do not have accomplishment. The second ingredient we see is faith. Faith. Jonathan had faith, didn't he? He had faith. He had faith in the Lord. Look again at verse 6. Then Jonathan said to the young man who bore his armor, Come, let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us. For nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. This was an act of faith on Jonathan's part. And on the, the armor bearer to go against the Philistines who outnumbered them, who had more weapons than him, but he had faith that God will work for them. For he said, nothing restrains the Lord. Nothing restrains God. And I think many times we can fall into the trap of thinking that God maybe is too busy or he's doing something else in another part of the world. Maybe this could hold him back. Maybe he can't do this because this is too big. But that that is a lie from the enemy. And we have to remember that there is nothing that restrains God. Nothing. And even if it means that it's going to be affecting millions of people or maybe just you, nothing restrains God.
0: Well, that's all the time we have for today here on Grace to the Hearers with Eric Kluth of Calvary Chapel Coolidge. Don't forget to join us next time as we continue our verse-by-verse study through the book of 1 Samuel. Now, as we mentioned at the beginning of today's program, We'd like to make available to you a free copy of today's message. We can send you a copy of today's message on audio CD when you email us at info at That's info at gracetothehearers.com. Or you can listen to or download the message as originally recorded at Calvary Chapel Coolidge. Just visit our website at gracetothehearers.com. If you can't get to your computer to download or place an order, you can always call us at 520 723 7047 we'll be happy to help you again that number to call is 520-723-7047 Again, we invite you to visit our website at gracetothehearers.com, where we provide helpful information about our beliefs, service times, and a convenient map to our church if you're in the Coolidge, Arizona area and would like to visit us. The Bible teaching that you hear each day on Grace to the Hearers is from the worship services at Calvary Chapel Coolidge. So, if you've been blessed by today's message, join us for worship. Grace to the Hearers is the radio ministry of Pastor Eric Kluth of Calvary Chapel Coolidge. Please join us next time as we continue our study through the book of 1 Samuel. That's next time on Grace to the Hearers.